Hi, everyone. My name is Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to a special season of What the Flock. We've spent five seasons covering the topics that have caused so much damage, people don't come to church anymore. This season, our goal is to repair the Bible's reputation by taking specific Bible verses that have been abused due to man-made tradition and help you understand the ultimate answer for these verses. I'm joined by my co-host, Joel Swakowski. Hey, Joel. Hello, Jonathan. How you doing, man? I'm great. I'm loving this season. It's been it's fun been... digging into the, not just the ultimate answer and the doctrine and all that stuff. It's been nice going directly at the Bible. It is. And it's amazing pulling up all of the things that we've referenced beforehand. Right. Know? Yep. Um, which is why we give a disclaimer before we begin everything in episode six is if you haven't listened to seasons one through five, we encourage you to do so. Because everything we're going to discuss during this season is built on the foundation of the previous five seasons. Yeah. We covered a lot of stuff, yeah. a lot of different topics. So at the very least, I highly recommend listening to the episodes that we are going to reference during this episode. There's going to be a handful of them. Yep. And it just it's going to bring everything into high definition. Yeah, and, and all these episodes that we're drawing from showed that every issue has two perspectives that distract people from the ultimate answer, or the doctrine perspective, or the truth perspective. We've called and referred to those two different perspectives as the strict and the loose perspective. Now, we see people on the strict perspective We've deemed them, and you've helped us come up with a phrase for what that looks like, really effective and efficient contradiction rationalizer. Yes, Meaning yes, yes. When, when they see a contradiction in their beliefs according to different verses in the Bible, their move is to rationalize that contradiction. So how do I, can a, a rationalization being, just to remind everybody, uh, a flawed belief that keeps you on a flawed path. So what are the reasons yeah. that I need to keep me on this flawed path? That's what a rationalization yep. is. Absolutely. The reasons to support the flawed path that I'm on. Yeah, it's an excuse to stay on that flawed path. And, and unlike unlike uh, giving a reason for something I've done wrong, when I'm rationalizing, I'm not just giving a reason for why I did that thing wrong. I'm also excusing why it's okay for me to still do that thing. Where that's the difference between me just giving you a reason why I have a contradiction versus rationalizing a contradiction is me giving an excuse as to why it's okay for me to have that. Oh, perfect. Man, That's this is worth the episode right there. <laughs> right? Yeah. The yeah. difference between just explaining myself when I'm wrong versus rationalizing when I'm wrong. Love it. Yeah. So this strict side, you know, what, what they do is when a contradiction is exposed they rationalize their reliance, remember, on the man-made tradition that has damaged the Bible. That's their move. They'll rationalize that. And we've seen the biggest example through five seasons is you're a sinner, and that although you can't earn your salvation by works, you better do works to prove your salvation. Now, the loose side, the loose perspective, we, again, thanks to you, Jonathan, it helps us, it, for me, it it's built this whole tree in my brain that helps me understand this concept even at a simpler level is a contradiction enabler. 
So they see a contradiction in themselves or in someone else, and they enable that contra contradiction. So they won't even admit that it's wrong or that they shouldn't do it. They'll just say, yeah, it's okay. Just, you know, we, you're doing your best, you know, just keep, keep trying your, you know, keep trying. And but, essentially an ena enabling is encouraging someone to continue down a wrong path. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Right. Yeah, or, so to, that's or to try to convince them that the, well, not that the path is wrong, but that it's just good to make progress down any path. You know what? At least you're making progress, mm -hmm. right? So what they'll do is this side, we've seen the loose side tends to avoid tension. They avoid conflict. Right. And in the context of what we're doing this season, they would avoid conflict with God's word, with the right. Bible, with these verses by saying, you know what? We can't know anything for sure because it's beyond our understanding or it's a paradox or our minds are too finite to get it. Beautiful. Unfortunately, the big contradiction here though, is they still want to say that they know for sure that you are wrong. Because you're hurting people, right? Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. So that would be, you know, we have strict side as the contradiction rationalizer, loose side is the contradiction enabler. Well, let's jump in. What is the verse that we're going to be covering today? Isaiah 64, 6. But we are all as an unclean thing. And all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. All right. That sure is that sure is poetic, isn't it? It is poetic, and yeah. I've heard it a ton. Yeah. I think we're gonna I'm looking forward to digging into this one. Amazing. In order to look at how this verse has damaged the reputation of the Bible, or in other words, how man has taken away from what God intended this verse to mean or be we've recorded messages from two of our favorite callers from the first five seasons first we're going to hear a strict explanation given by apostle tater from mcmullen alabama let's hear what apostle tater has to say oh yeah i use this one a lot back in the day gentlemen uh, I used to use this verse to tell people they couldn't do nothing good. They are totally depraved. That's right. Joel, how would you respond to Apostle Tater and the perspective that he gave? What I'd do is I'd have somebody with this strict perspective listen to the Salvation episode, Season 2, Episode 14, and the Reward episode, Season 3, Episode 12, in order to get resolution over those two very separate messages Jesus came to teach. Nice. And next, the loose perspective is given by Pastor Rich from McMullen, Alabama as well. Let's hear what Pastor Rich has to say. You know, what, what I would say is, this is the Old Testament. You know, we, we don't need to pay attention to that anymore. God loves you so much no matter what. Joel, how would you respond to the loose perspective given by Pastor Rich? Yeah, this is, honestly, this is something we might deal with anytime we're dealing with the loose side and an Old Testament verse. This is a really, really easy way to enable a contradiction. But what I'd do is have this person listen to the Growth Mindset episode, season five, episode five, to help this person see that they still need to grow even after salvation. I'd also have them listen to the God's Nature series, starting season two, episode one, in order 
for them to get a better understanding of how God actually operates. I love, man, I am starting to see a pattern here when we're doing these doctrine, you know, and, and we pull apart the issue based upon the doctrine that everything here is like these two doctrine reference this perspective, you know, the strict yeah. perspective, these two doctrine that we cover reference the loose perspective. Right. So by having this full spectrum and understanding all of these doctrine, it's like you take, what is this person having that perspective of what is this person missing? Right. In order to get clarity or to resolve this contradiction, what's this person over here on this side or that other side, what are they missing? So I love it. This is really exciting. Yeah. I want to summarize where we're at so far. So the strict side doesn't understand salvation and reward, which we're going to talk about later and, yeah. and why we're going to oh, yeah. jump into the reasons why later. And the, the loose side is in pride be, and doesn't understand who God is. Right. They're, they're missing that doctrine. Yeah. Um, because again, growth mindset. Right. And the pride is, well, I don't need, you know, we don't even need to look at that. We're not in need of this Old Testament stuff. We're not in need to be confronted. We're not in need to consider another perspective. Amazing. What steps now that we know that should we take to get the correct interpretation? Well, I'd start with what does the Bible say? Yes. Yes. And what I do here is we're, we're just checking is the verse this person brought up actually in the Bible? Because there are times people will say things as if they're scripture and it's not, if it's not in the Bible, there you go. But we can say, and you know, this is also where we'll check translation issues, comparing and contrasting different translations. But here uh, we can say, yes, this is in the Bible and also across translations. It's, fairly consistent. So I think we're good here. We see Isaiah 64, six again, I'll read it, but we are all as an unclean thing and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags and we all do fade as a leaf and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. That is in the Bible. So then number two, second step, does the English translation get in the way? Yes. We say, in other words, what does the original language say? So here we're checking, you know, the Diddy would say, what does the English translation get in the way? What that's doing is in, it, it is meant to, what's the do step for us to, to do is to check with the original language. And here really simply what we're doing and this kind of tips, this kind of tips our hand, but we're confirming that the word our in front of our righteousness is actually there and that it wasn't added by a man, right? Okay. And I can say, yes, the original language confirms that when it says all our righteousness is as filthy rags, that word our is in fact in the original language. And that, like I said, we'll, we'll get into what we need to really understand in order to in order to remove the abuse and the damage in this verse. Number three is why don't you look at the context? Yes. 
we're asking what's the context. So let's look at what I'm going to do here. The, the verse we're tackling is 64.6 from Isaiah. We're going to go back to verse 1 and go through verse 7. Nice. And we'll see, we'll flush this out. So nice. verses 1 and 2 say this. Oh, that thou wouldest rend the heavens, that thou wouldest come down, that the mountains might quake at thy presence, as when fire kindleth the brushwood, and the fire causeth the waters to boil, to make thy name known to thine adversaries, that the nations may tremble at thy presence. Again, very poetic passages, which a lot of times can be distracting from getting to what do these even mean, right? Mm -hmm. so that's mm -hmm. why it's important when we're really researching the Bible and not just reading it for leisure, we slow down. It's a lot more important we understand it as if, if we need to slow down. I'd rather slow down than get through it fast. But just at a bigger picture level right here, what verses one and two show is that this is a prophecy about the end times. So Isaiah is specifically talking about God coming into their presence and how God's presence is so awesome that nothing can stand in his presence, not even our works. Okay. Wow. Verses three and four. When thou didst terrible things, which we looked not for, thou camest down. The mountains quaked at thy presence. For from of old men have not heard, not perceived by the ear, neither hath the eye seen a God besides thee, who worketh for him that waiteth for him. So here's a key thing that'll help us understand these two verses. The Apostle Paul referenced Isaiah 64.4. Nice. When he did, he referenced it to show that God intentionally approached man in a manner opposite to man's flesh. So if you choose to love God instead of the flesh, you are choosing to understand God. God did not foreordain those who would choose to love him. God did foreordain the process for finding out who would choose to love him. Paul referenced this in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. So what this did in the first four verses of Isaiah 64 is it established that God was referencing both the salvation and the reward models separately. Hmm. Verses 1 and 2, even 3, talked about our works. Verse 3 and 4 talked about, was referencing us obeying choosing to love him which would be the salvation side all that for uh him that waiteth for him yeah is as referencing someone who's taking direction from god right cool and then even this measure of how you can determine who is by by whether or not they hear or perceive or have seen god so there's not only this this uh, idea of waiting on the Lord, but also the measures of what the or the effects of what that would what that would be. So basically, verses one through four, what we're doing here is just simply saying, you can, like for our purposes of this podcast, we're just establishing the fact that Isaiah, with you know God's lead, the Holy Spirit inspired prophecy through Isaiah, established 
a reward, a man's works, and a salvation, a God's works model. Now let's look at five through seven, and we'll get to the heart of, of what we're talking about here. Thou meetest him that rejoiceth and worketh righteousness. Those that remember thee in thy ways, behold, thou art wroth, for we have sinned. In those is continuance, and we shall be saved. But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. And there is none that calleth upon thy name, that stirreth up himself to take hold of thee, for thou hast hid thy face from us, and hast consumed us because of our iniquities. So again, what we see here, you look at verse 5, it's talking about salvation again. And verse 6 is comparing it to salvation by saying, we are on our righteousnesses as filthy rags. Compared to what? Compared to the salvation side. So really what we're doing here, what we can what we can understand about these verses and, and specifically about what it means that our righteousness is as filthy rags. Because that's really, of everything I said in verse 6, it's even just those six words. Our righteousness are as filthy rags. Yes. Right. That's the issue, right? Yes. That's the crux. Yep. The righteousness of our works was as filthy rags compared to the righteousness from God. Mm. Mm -hmm. God's righteousness led to salvation. Our righteousness leads to reward, but has no effect on our salvation. If I'm going to compare me being righteous in my own strength to God being righteous, my righteousness is as a filthy rag compared to that. Essentially, what we're doing here is recognizing it would be flawed for me to take this verse and use it as support that there is no good in us, that there is that humans are totally depraved. That helps us clear up the, the context, really does help us understand the issue here. Even simply understanding the difference between our righteousness, that word our in front, the qualifier our in front of the word righteousness does most of the work for us. But nice. we had to also make sure we connected it and saw that it was being compared to God's righteousness. So what we can really see, if we compare and contrast, we could simply have used verses five and six. Just bringing in verse five clears up and shows this contrast between our righteousness and God's righteousness. Because verse five, you could say, thou meetest or thou measure, God measures him that rejoices and works righteousness. What's that righteousness? Well, let's see. Those that remember thee, God, in his ways, behold, thou art wroth, for we have sinned. So now God is, now our sin is being brought into the mix. In those, those who worketh righteousness, is continuance and we shall be saved. So here, the righteousness is equated to salvation. This nice. is God's righteousness. I see it. Verse 6 starts with the word, but, contrasting itself to verse 5. Ah, there it is. We are all as an unclean thing. 
So essentially, Isaiah, you know, God through Isaiah is saying, this, your, our righteousness is as filthy rags, is not meant for us to feel bad about the works that come through us. It's meant to help us feel grateful for the righteousness of God that leads to salvation. That's say there's a righteousness that saves us. And right. if we are, if we, operate according to god's way if we wait on him and yep. his yeah. righteousness so if we're meeting if we're if, if he's measuring us and he's the one who works righteousness that leads to salvation it's not in and of ourselves we are just letting this righteousness save us yeah yeah and it's like, but we are as an unclean thing. It's like, you sinners should be grateful <laughs> that God gets to do this. And then we all do fade as a leaf. Your time and the, like, you're fleeting. Like, don't take this for granted, this huge benefit we have of salvation. And our works aren't going to do it. We need God's nice. works. We're measured. Our salvation is measured by God's righteousness through us. Awesome. Those that remember his ways. His ways lead to our salvation. Yeah. Our ways or our righteousness or our path will wear out. It'll yeah, be as filthy fades, rags right? yeah. and fade. Yeah. yeah. There it is. So we only needed three. So we have that ditty. I did it in part. You want to go through what the specific steps of the ditty are again, Jonathan? Yeah, so one, what does the Bible say? Two, did the English translation get in the way? Three, why don't you look at the context? And then four, and then five is coming. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Well, these first three are starting to get ingrained into my brain. Yeah, that's but amazing. Remember, though, so the whole thing we're trying to do here, we talked about contradict, contradiction rationalizers. We talked about contradiction enablers. We are trying to be and help you become contradiction removers. Amazing. Contradictions do not exist in reality. Mm -hmm. What these steps are slowly doing, what these steps are doing is they're slowly bringing us through exposing and removing any contradictions that man has introduced into the Bible. Joel, what is the ultimate answer? Well, the Bible we know has conflicts in what is stated and what we read. However, the Bible does not have contradictions in the why or in the doctrine. So what we see here is the righteousness of our works was as filthy rags compared to the righteousness from God via grace. God's righteousness leads to salvation. Our righteousness leads to reward. And has no effect on our salvation. Amazing. Thank you, Joel. This has been What the Flock. If you'd like a deeper study on this verse and how to deal with people who believe the man-made traditional perspectives, listen to the Music of Life Church podcast companion episode. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, if you've been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you.